Welcome to the Parsha Perspective. Each week, we will delve deep in a weekly Torah portion to find a practical and insightful way to enhance your daily life. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Rabbi Shalom Yemini, and each week we'll look into the weekly Torah portion to find practical and insightful ways to enhance your daily life. This week's Parsha Perspective is in honor of our homeland, Eretz Yisrael. May may God protect our brave soldiers, and may God return all the hostages from Gaza immediately. This week's Parsha Perspective is in honor of the Rafu Shalema of Rav Amitai Ben Shoshana and Hinda Bas Adol. May they and all those who need to experience have a complete and speedy recovery. This week's Parsha Perspective is in loving memory of Edward Ben Ephraim, Shlomo Ben Edward, and Yerachmiya Daniel Ben Gedalia. May their souls be uplifted, and may their memories be a blessing. This week's Torah portion is Parshas Tetzaveh, Skipping Through the Gates. Our Parsha continues to speak about the building and the service of the Mishkan. God tells Moshe Rabbeinu that only the purest of olive oils can be used for the daily kindling of the menorah. God appoints Aaron and his sons to serve as Kohanim, as priests in the Mishkan, on behalf of the Jewish nation. During their service, the Kohanim, the priests, must wear the four priestly garments. The Mechnasayim, the underpants, Kutainas, a large tunic, Avnet, a belt, and Metznefes, a turban. The Kohen Gadol, the high priest, would wear four extra garments during his service. The Me'il, a blue sleeveless robe with the lower hem fringed with small golden bells and golden pomegranates. The ephod, a vest with gemstones on each shoulder with the names of each tribe engraved on it. The choshen, a breastplate with twelve gems, each of them had one of the twelve tribes engraved upon them. That sits a golden plate inscribed with the name of God attached to his turban. However, a question comes to mind. When introducing the me'il, the blue sleeveless robe, the Pusik writes about the bells and pomegranate tassels on the bottom of the me'il. The Pasuk writes, And it shall be on Aaron, And it shall be on Aaron when he is officiating, and you shall hear him as he is going into the sanctuary before God. And when he leaves, so when he leaves, so he will not die. But who is the Torah referring to when stating, So he may not die? Is it indicating a specific punishment for Aaron Akain, for Aaron the high priest, or all future high priests? Why does the Torah not detail any sin or transgression deserving of such capital punishment? So what is the Pasuk implying with Yomus so he may not die? Rashi, Rav Shlomo Yitzchaki, the leading Torah commentary, answers this question by quoting the Talmud in Sanhedrin. The Talmud cites the opinion of Rabbi Avo that if one of the eight special priestly garments are missing, the Kohen Gadol is punishable by death from heaven. Similarly, adds Rashi, if a non-Kayan performs any of the priestly services in the Mishkan or Bismagdash, he is also punishable by death from heaven. Rashi explains that the Torah mentions the Yomus so he may not die to teach us that a Kayan Gadol must wear all eight special priestly garments while performing all the services in the Mishkan. In fact, even if a regular Kohen according to some opinions, does not wear all of his four priestly special garments while serving, he is immediately removed from service and is also punishable by death from heaven. However, the Rabbeinu Bachaya, Rav Bachya bin Asher, gives a deeper and more profound explanation. He writes that the golden bells and pomegranates at the hem of the robe were primarily for the high priest, for the Kohen Gadol. Although the ringing of the bells would let people know 
that the high priest is approaching, they had another purpose. The sounds of the golden bells will remind the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, of what he represents. According to the Rabbeinu Bahaya, the chimes would bring to mind and awaken the high priest, the Kohen Gadol, to the significance of his intentions as he represents the Jewish nation. As he opens up the gates of Rachimim, of mercy and compassion from the king of all kings, the master of the universe. The Pasuk writes, Yamus, So he may not die, referring to the Goyen Gadol, skipping through the gates of Gvura, of judgment, of Din, and advancing towards the Shar, towards the gate of kindness, of love and forgiveness. Just as Queen Esther was afraid to enter King Ahasuerus' throne room, uninvited, as she may be put to death for not being in the king's favor, the ringing of the small golden bells is meant to galvanize and inspire the Kohen Gadol as he prays for forgiveness from God on behalf of the Jewish nation. The Rabbeinu Bachaya quotes the Zayr HaKadosh, that the ringing of the bells would announce the Kohen Gadol's, would announce the high priest's presence to all those around, including the angels, including the Malachim that were in the Mishkan itself. The chimes were their signal to leave and give the Kohen Gadol the privacy he needs as he serves as the nation's representative before the master of the universe, HaKadosh Baruch The Zayar explains that the angels may object and protest the compassion that God has for his people, and they may try to block God's forgiveness from awakening and inspiring the Jewish nation to serve their master once again. The small bells ring to force the angels to leave and enable us to secure God's favor as we suddenly enter His throne room to seek His mercy, to seek His compassion. And this lesson is ever more relevant as the release date of this episode is Purim Katan, the first of two Purims that we get to celebrate. The story of Purim took place after the destruction of the first temple, the first base of Mikdash, when some Jewish people went to the feast of King Ahasuerus. And this immensely angered God who allowed Haman, his prime minister, to plot the demise of the Jewish nation. However, the leader of the Jewish people at that time, Mordechai HaTzadik, did not just sit by and accept this horrific fate. He took 22,000 children to learn Torah openly in the streets and inspire the nation to look beyond this evil decree. The sounds of their pure prayers created a path right through the gates of Din, through the gates of judgments, right to God's compassion and God's mercy, which ultimately saved the Jewish nation. And so in our daily life, it is imperative that we understand that although the road to success is filled with many obstacles, many challenges, we must not just endure, we must prevail. We need to continue and allow our success to take hold and firmly lock into place as we secure our future. A single act of bravery, a single act of courage can be the key to overcoming our challenges and unleashing our godly potential. In decisive moments, it is essential to find the strength to persist and leap over the difficulties we face. We must pave the path for our goals and dreams to become a reality. Each challenge we overcome not only shapes our strength and our determination, but also clarifies our journey on the road paved with unlimited possibilities. I will conclude with part of an essay from Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs of Blessed Memory. Without a vessel to contain a blessing, there is no blessing. And if we have no receptacle to catch the rain, the rain may fall, but we will have none to drink. God's blessing flows continuously, but unless we make ourselves a vessel for them, they will flow elsewhere. Have a great weekend and a good Shabbos. 
Thank you for tuning in to The Parsha Perspective. Check out our website, theparshaperspective.com. Send thoughts and comments to theparshaperspective at gmail.com. Till next time, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.